Hi, Rav Judy here with Masechet of Odazar Parakei Mishnah Chet, dedicated towards the Yishud of a complete recovery for Tova Miriam Bat Devorah Mindel. Yein Nesech Aser Ve'Oser B'Kol So this should not be a surprise, we've been talking about this quite a bit, that, uh, that idolatrous wine is forbidden, it's forbidden to drink, to benefit, etc. And it can Aser, it can forbid other things that it's mixed into, you know, other, other wine. Um, this is a little bit misleading because if you read that, you think that, okay, well, Aser B'Kol meaning even a drop, a tiny amount, Kol can make things forbidden. So you would think that it's never, ever, ever nullified. Well, that is true and not true. It kind of works like this. If you have a drop or several drops of idolatrous wine, and then you pour other wine on top of it, all that wine hits the standing idolatrous wine and is transformed into idolatrous wine. So yes, that's going to be a problem. That's what our mission is talking about. The flip side, though, is let's say you have a large vat of kosher wine, and somebody accidentally drops a drop of idolatrous wine into it, it actually can be nullified in large volumes. We have a principle of some things get nullified in 60, some things get nullified in 100 or 200 or 6. It's different things, and I'm not getting into that right now, but the point is there are different kinds of nullification. If what you have is you have kosher wine, and then a little bit of something forbidden wine falls into it, it doesn't necessarily ruin it. But if you have a lot of kosher wine that falls into it, what's what's the standing piece? If the standing piece what's, what exists, is non-kosher wine, is idolatrous wine, and then a lot of kosher wine falls onto it, it is transformed. So it's the, the standing, that which is in place, that's having something fall onto it, influences the one that falls onto it. Okay, so if that makes sense. Um, so whether that's wine and wine or it's water and water, you could have idolatrous water that was offered to, I don't know, the water gods uh, or something like that, or, or water for a plant god, who knows, but you have some sort of idolatrous libation of water. So it's not just wine. If you have uh, a little bit of idolatrous water and then a lot of even good kosher water falls on top of it, it will ruin all of it. If you have a lot of good kosher water, by the way, and a little tiny bit of idolatrous water gets into it, it can get nullified, as we mentioned. That's not this Mishnah, but that's just a more general principle. Yayin b'mayim umayin b'yayin. What happens when you have wine mixing with water or water mixing with wine, one of which is idolatrous, one of which is not? Benotin tam. It's a function of whether whether the one that's forbidden gives flavor. Zehaklal. Here's the rule. Min b'mino b'mashu. If it's a thing with a similar thing, wine and wine, water and water, then even the tiniest bit that is standing will make everything that touches it become forbidden. But shalom b'mino, when two things are of different qualities, then it's a question of benotin tam. What's giving flavor? So if the wine is the idolatrous part and the water is not. Even a tiny bit of wine will make the water idolatrous because wine flavors water. If it's the other way around, if you have a lot of uh, kosher wine and a little bit of idolatrous water, um, it won't necessarily uh, make it idolatrous because the water doesn't flavor the wine. It doesn't change it at all.